Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV and our coverage of HBO's Succession. So we are back again. Episode four now of season four. Honeymoon what? Honeymoon states. Hey, honeymoon what? <laughs> honeymoon state. Let's go. Okay. So we're four episodes in. We're approaching the halfway point. Uh, obviously, last episode was the big one. Uh, we lost our, I guess you could say, main character, the center of everyone's universe. So it's nice now to see this episode of the sun is now kind of gone and where are all these orbiting little planets going and how are they handling it? So we get a uh, kind of all takes place right in one spot, which yep. is in Logan's apartment, which is very nice. Uh, but before we get into our actually talking about the episode more and more and Kathleen will have our executive summary, just a very quick binge town business thing. As always, if you have not yet subscribed, uh, doing so on whatever you're listening to is the best way to support us at this moment. Just kind of you're just tuned in completely. And also BingetownTV.com just got a beautiful rework by the uh, the wonderful James, a.k.a. Jimmy, a.k.a. Jimmy Pa. So <laughs> definitely go there to check out all of our episodes that we have. If you've only really been listening to Succession stuff, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised about the amount of things that we've covered in the three-ish years that we've been doing this podcast. And if you are listening on our Succession-specific feed, hey, nailed it that time, then I would recommend hopping over to our main feed as well. And that's where all of our episodes are. So you can kind of fully dive into Bingetown outside of just Succession. So that out of the way, I will then pass the torch to the lovely Kathleen and her episode four executive summary. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, everybody, for coming on the, you know, I'm just faking it. Okay, so, <laughs> all right. The morning after Logan's death, the gang gathers for a coronation demolition derby. The kids barely have time to grieve before having to choose who will be the new interim CEO of Waystar Royco and hopefully bring home the deal with Matson. In terms of headspaces of the crew, Roman has pre-grieved, Kendall has had a therapy session in the middle of the night, and Shiv kicks off the episode dropping a bombshell of her own. She has a tiny Wams Gams in the oven. As expected, Queen Marcia smelled blood in the water and quickly hurried back to town. With her limited screen time, she had made sure to lock in her inheritance by claiming that her and Logan were having phone sex on the daily and promptly kicks a more appropriately emotional carry off the premises. Connor and Willa have big plans brewing, one being a purchase of Logan's apartment and the second being their glamorous honeymoon to Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, which will surely secure his 1%. Tom, lost without Daddy Logan, throws his hat in the ring and gets absolutely dunked on by Carl, so he pivots <laughs> and seemingly hitches on to Roman. The episode takes a turn when the big three, Jerry, Hank, and Hank, Jerry, Frank, and Carl <laughs> find a piece of paper from Logan safe with some pencil scribbles and drawings that happen to say Kendall's name on it. They think about making it disappear, disappear, but ultimately decide to tell the kids whether the name was underlined or crossed off. We'll never know. After Papergate, we immediately see the old Kendall reappearing for better or for worse, for worse, probably. And with some zhuzhing from Kendall and a promise to keep Shiv in the loop, the siblings ultimately decide that Roman and Kendall will step up and take on the job, and the board agrees. The new Gen Roy seem to be bonding extra hard the last few episodes, but not for long, as Kendall goes behind their backs to kick off a smear campaign against L to the OG in an attempt to secure the bag. We are left with a lot of questions as per usual, a few being, when will Shiv tell Tiptoe Tommy about the pregnancy? Why are the writers doing her so dirty with that fall down the steps? How will Roman handle Kendall betraying him right off the bat? Will the Gojo deal go through? And most importantly, what in the world does Greg question mark mean? And that's a summary. Stutter Fantastic. Through, but that's okay. <laughs> I was doing it up until the last second. No, that was good. You, uh, It was a good usage of the in-universe terms yes, and jokes. thank you. That was thank good. You. With a little sprinkle of yourself in there. That's what it's all about yeah, right there. It was a bit of a bottle episode. Just because it was in the same house, same people, no one extra. But I mean, people kept coming in and out, of course. But uh, it was great. I loved it. Uh, we were so tired of watching it last night. But on the rewatch, it, it was, it's very good. And this is the episode where things are switching like you thought the siblings were all moving in the same motion but now i feel like with this one piece of paper it's like oh shit and not to mention that shiv news was fucking awesome you thought maybe carrie was going to be pregnant but and she still could be but sure. shiv yeah I hope not. 
yeah the first time i watched it i remember thinking again i was it was late i was beat as well and thinking like oh, okay not a ton happened but it is what it is and then i rewatched it and i was like well a i was laughing at a lot of things a lot of good quotes and then b realizing like okay they're actually this was a really good like chess piece moving episode for us and i feel like succession excels because a lot of times it's not really like it's it's a show about things but not all maybe not all the time but it still yeah. can like be a great show even when we're all in the same apartment and we're having conversations with kind of the same groups of people and they can still shine like that and that's really what came out for me in my second watch yeah kathleen's like i there's so much to cover but also like what happened you know yeah. it's, like, it's a lot of talking of things it's a lot of minor things happening and it's always at a very fast pace like i felt even in connor's wedding in the beginning we were like oh my god this is just everyone's jabbering and there's so much happening and it's all discussion based so versus like action oriented of other hbo shows so that's always interesting and i've heard a lot of people be like it's so dialogue heavy but that's where the magic is in this show all the all the lines all the little character mannerisms and quirks all right, let's hop into. We do what I'm terrible at memorizing or remembering, but I've, we're moments, right? First, yes, yeah, favorite moments. All right, moments. I could go first because uh, Kathleen obviously just spoke. So I, uh, hmm, I was shifting. I guess I currently am shifting. We'll see where I end up at the end of the sentence. Um, of two Kendall scenes because as we covered in our season four hype episode, Kendall is my favorite character. That's my boy. I'm slightly cosplaying in him in every one of these episodes and for better or for worse i guess like kathleen mentioned in the executive summary i am going to pick i'm gonna pick the the therapy recommendation scene uh i just again we always talk about as well we love the sibling stuff that just really stuck out to me i feel like kendall like it was very sincere of him to do that he actually meant like he meant well in offering that recommendation of saying like, you know, I got a great guy, like whatever. And then Shiv was like, oh, you got a great fucking grief guy, don't you? And he was like, yeah, I do. And then Roman chimes in like, oh, yeah, you're going to fucking handle this or whatever. I just kind of liked both the serious level, like the actual meaning behind what was happening and also the way it was just like a nice sibling interaction. The backup was going to be Kendall and Frank, but. Oh, that's good. He even knows that like he's setting himself up for failure even by saying it because he's like, you guys are going to make fun of me, but. I yeah. ha- I got a guy. He know? always has a guy. I'm sure Jess found him the best grief guy. I, hey, listen, if he wants to get right on his mental health, I would love that for Kendall. That is good. That is growth. Although this episode, he is turning back to his old self. So yeah. I uh, also had a kid's moment when they were um, reading the reviews, as they called it, <laughs> which was the obituaries. <laughs> and they were just reading things and saying what it actually meant. Like, oh, he's racist. Yeah, he's a man of his times. Yeah, he's racist. Like, <laughs> that was incredible to me. Just every single one of them. You're like, oh, that is what they mean by that. And if not, it just it felt like cathartic for them. Like they could have sort of a jest, but not be hating him in that moment. Right. It was it was like in a loving way versus how it ends with Kendall and Hugo. Yeah, geez. I also like that those are things like the racism, never playing. Like they understand that those things are wrong, which I like. I'm glad that like our guys and girl aren't racist. I mean, Roman, maybe he says some bad things sometimes, but like Kendall and Shiv are decent people in the way of like they grew up in a in a generation where it's like, okay, that's not cool. Don't fucking do that, which I like because a lot of times they're on the wrong side. But and, and at least in that sense, they are decent people i liked that too <laughs> I, am, Sorry, I mean they're just it's funny like the the level of a curve you have to grade them on the, fuck, the bar the bar is the bar is their hell. dad owns fox news but they're they're good yeah, yeah i know, yeah, I know. Yeah. you know what i mean though oh no of course i know it's they're just funny think, it's just funny what what the show does to you almost it's like being a fan of the show it's like you have to almost accept this base level of of scumbaggery from yep. everyone involved and then exactly. once you get past that it's like okay i like this character all right, my I was in between two. I I'm gonna give it to the henchman talking about what was on the paper without telling us what or who it mentions because that was perfection TV suspense. It kept going like back and forth. It's just Carl and Frank, and then Jerry comes in and they mention like a princess and this, and you're like, what? What does it say? What's going on? Because that felt even more of a bomb drop than Shiv getting the call, which was my other one. Because I really just yeah. wasn't expecting it. I feel like we should have because she's just been 
in a state the last she's pretty far along i mean she's somewhere in between i don't know she's probably in her second trimester somewhere so that's like she's pregnant you know and oh it's good stuff but um i mean we'll have to we'll get to it once we get to shift stock but yeah, I'm going to give it to the henchmen only because I, they had a great episode, all three of them. They were in it a lot, and I really enjoyed their stuff, and and they did uh, the writers did a really good job with that. Uh, when you started that sentence, and sorry to speak over you, Alex, I thought you were going to say in the in the China cabinet in the Me cover. Me too. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that would have tied in, because I was going to actually bring that scene up when Alex had said, talking about the quotes and like what they actually meant. And almost it was almost the reverse in that scene where like the three of them could actually say what they wanted they kind of dropped some of the corporate speak while they were there and i love carl just blurting out like he was souring on you jerry (laughs) and like what he says to tom like that was kind of fun to see them actually speak out loud but then they go right back to the coded corporate speak when they're alone and then trying to figure everything out for sure yeah that was my other favorite moment they were just being absolutely barbaric and it wasn't even just to each other about logan they're like well he's not fucking here anymore so who gives a shit like how quickly the respect and the getting in line and towing the line is gone obviously and carl is just more barbaric than ever and then i just felt like i was saying this to you frank that's the most I've ever heard him speak. I think yeah. I was like, I don't even know that I would know what this actor sounds like or what his personality is. And now it's he's kind of asserting himself more. He was running and he's the not show. Trying to bit. get ahead, he's seemingly. I'm sure he has an angle, but I think he's kind of trying to just do his job as executor of, of all the Logan stuff. Logan Roy. I mean, he's one tough cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that good. what he says? It's something like, like he's, it, a, he's, he's a, a tough, tough old nut. To crack or he's a tough old nut. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, he says goofy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love when Jerry walks in. She's like, hey, boys, or whatever. Like, and then they start. But a question I want to ask is so the subtitle said princess. Yeah. But I felt like I heard prince, like princes, plural princes. See, I'm a sucker for the subtitles. Like I, I, if I read it, I believe that. So I think it said princess and, and I think they did that to throw you off thinking it means Jerry, but it meant Kendall. But then Carl saying something like Jerry's about to screw me. I'm, I'm like, ah, Quarter a yeah. million in on a Greek island or something. <laughs> he always has some mess that has to get cleaned up too. Like we were confused about that. And I don't know if it was like him talking about two things at once, like calling Kendall a princess, also saying Jerry, or was it like if he wrote Kendall and it's crossed off, then clearly like maybe they had decided Jerry, fuck it, and he just wasn't happy about that still. I don't know. It was yeah, it was a bit of a confusing moment. And I don't think their subtitles are off very often. Some shows I'm like who wrote this? Are you even reading this? Yeah, script? I was just kind of curious. I mean, I could see them like referring to Kendall as a princess. Yeah, agreed. Like I, that feels very, you know, well within Carl's wheelhouse of things that he would say. So, <laughs> all right, we can jump into quotes. Do we want to go backwards or do you want me to start Yes, again? I'll hop in. So okay. mine is a Shiv quote. Um, This one was tough because I actually went through both watches without writing anything down. I was just so, I was busy with the executive summary. Um, and then we talked through some quotes and I picked one, but it was um, honestly, dad sounds amazing. I'd like to have met dad because and that's the kickoff to the conversation that you said was one of your favorite moments. It, it's great. And, you know, when like they talk about in the post, like when a public figure dies, they write all these things and become something bigger than, you know, and the family's just left sitting there like, OK, <laughs> like he didn't even know this old fucker. Like he was a piece of shit. But I, I would like to have met dad is like both hilarious and sad as hell because like they had a dad that sucked so that's mine mine was again back to the china cabinet having a look at the china (laughs) uh jerry's (laughs) delivery of just absolutely flaming carl as a dinosaur just what you did in the 90s with cable huge (laughs) (laughs) and it's like fuck you (laughs) Just the delivery at Jerry's a queen for that. And uh, it just really paints the picture for you. You love Jerry. Do. We all I love. was, you're very close to have taken mine because mine is right after that when Jerry says to Tom, Oh, you're sick with grief. You might want to put that fish taco down. You're getting your melancholy everywhere. <laughs> she was, was on fire. <laughs> they yeah. all were. They all were, especially Carl and Jerry with the zingers and Frank with the sincerity in this episode. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. really came in. With the screen time they gave him this episode, he executed. He really did. He was good. Yeah, yeah you know, fantastic. maybe they just feel like kids that the 
dad's not home and they're just letting loose, right? I think they always did corporate like double speak and now they're they're just saying whatever the fuck comes to mind to each other. It feels almost like a shift. I wouldn't say they're having fun, but I think they're speaking a little more loosely than we've ever seen, which is enjoyable. Yeah, I think, I mean, we can transition right into what is our final and always longest segment of just, you know, our character analysis, market watch. I mean, if we want to just take the henchman, I feel like Frank is, like Alex said, he's somewhat of a neutral party. I don't think he really feels one way or another. I think he legitimately cares about Kendall. He obviously doesn't like Roman and he feels slightly ambivalent, I guess, towards Shiv. So, I mean, I guess the comings and goings of the episode, it's good for Frank just because if Kendall's in a room, it's good for Frank. But I don't know. It seems very bad for Carl, obviously, because of some level of debt that he has. And Jerry, I'm not really sure about either. Jerry's in a way better position now. I think it's Carl when they said, you know, CFO is an easy transition. I don't think Carl's ever getting it over Jerry. Jerry's done it successfully. She has the receipts. I know she said like Logan was souring on you and she's like, go fuck off. Go fuck yourself. That was not in writing anywhere. I I think Jerry is truly the safer bet over Carl. And I don't think Frank wants it. I think he's just there for like the betterment of the company. He's like there for the kids. Carl's hilarious, but there's just no way for television sakes. It's never going to be Carl. Jerry is like, she's a woman. She's a loyal woman. She was just about to be fired. Like that's good TV. If it's going to be Jerry, versus Kendall or something like that. That's how they were kind of, you know, feeding oh, it to us. I would hate us. that. Yeah. A yeah, Kendall versus I, Jerry plot would, would make my heart sad. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be having it. Not out for her, but he's asked Roman, are you still pulling for Jer Bear? You know, so yeah. he's got his eye on her and he's also got his other eye on the prize, I think. But with Roman and her on the outs, she's kind of on the outs with the kids. And I don't know how good that actually leaves her in position. If Roman was like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Or maybe he wants to smooth it over at some point. But this episode gave me the impression that he's kind of over it too. He's like, if you're not going to forgive me, then fine, we will. We will play this game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Roman sure. Roman is was incredibly kind this episode. Oh, yeah. Like the carry scenes, what the genuine concern and empathy he was giving her when on the floor being like, Do I have your number? He asked her twice. Make yeah. sure I have your number so we can figure this out. And a, a carry who is just losing it. And we can talk about whether or not they were actually I believe her when she's like he was at least she thought he was working on something to get them married, yeah. you know? I Married? I don't know. I think he cared and was being empathetic, and it's the Roman growth trajectory, but I also think they want to find out what's the real deal with Marsha, right? And she's a key to that. Do they actually speak every night? Like, how, can you get in his phone? And so I think he wants to help piece together. And not, not help her, but I think there's more there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Roman, I just... He's so great because... I almost feel like speaking of grading on a curve, like almost everything he said this episode that was like comedic could have been a favorite quote. Like he was killing it when he talks to Greg, when Greg comes in and like his high, his like very deadpan high was just like maybe burst out laughing for the first time in the episode. And yeah, he does. He does come across. I just it's so funny. I was talking to Alki and Luke and they were talking about how like Roman has no character growth. And I feel like it's just like, this season, especially for me, has been like I, maybe there's just some veil that got lifted for me, or it's a combination of the two. But he feels so different. He's now. they're not here, right? They're not in season no. four. No, they're not caught up yet. Her friend Kevin just got the season four, but pre season four, we were with him, and he's like, I just fucking hate Roman, you know? Yeah. And I was like, my friend Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Did as well, kind of, until season four when we are all pulling for him and he has had so much growth this specific season. I don't know why they waited to just, like, dump it all now. But it's been a joy to watch. And and he's becoming one of my... I mean, he was already in my top five, but he is, like, crawling up. He's so funny, but he's also someone you could root for now. I think his fatal flaw is that he's a Mencken boy. You know, yeah. like, yeah. that's his fatal flaw. But other than that, if you take that out, I'm, like, fully rooting for Roman. I feel like he too has a way almost to get in to like every kind of scenario almost. I feel like because he's he has, I mean, which is crazy to say, but some level of like, you know, that business business experience, he is really central to the Gojo deal. I mean, Matson literally calls him to talk about it. So, I mean, depending on obviously Kendall is known for a little bit of fits of 
wild cardiness if you want to make up a turn on the spot. But it's just I feel like Roman has at this point, maybe besides Jerry, but there's still like history there. I feel like he has a level of goodwill almost with a lot of different parties. It's interesting because Tom knows that Roman was in good graces with Logan. Logan actually wanted Roman, right? I guess maybe Carl and Frank knew that Jerry was getting fired by him. So I guess that implies that. But Roman's going to have to tell Shiv and Kendall that at some point because Kendall betrays Roman. I don't know how big of a betrayal this is going to be, but I know Roman's going to be really fucking hurt by it. Yeah. Roman's going to have to be like, I met with dad the night before he died. Like I was in with dad. So fuck off. Like I'm the one he wanted here and it's going to have to come out. He sort of alluded to it. I he thought. did. Yeah. He's like, let's not get into it right now. But things yeah. were happening. There are conversations I had that you didn't exactly know about. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to really hurt him because I think he's almost the most emotionally invested in this little sibling reunion and, and path forward. I think Kendall obviously can take it or leave it. And Shiv is always irons in every other fire. So I think he will be displeased and also feel disrespected, right? They're supposed to be partners and he always is protecting dad. Like that's his number one Mm -hmm. thing. So I think the biggest thing, which we haven't really talked about. And now that Kendall's going a little rogue, we can talk Kendall. Now multiple people know about Kendall killing that guy, right? There's a level of blackmail that we haven't really talked about because it's like, no one's going to say that. But now if Kendall starts going rogue, like he always fucking does. There is this huge, huge, huge piece of blackmail. Like he's already, Kendall's already blackmailing Hugo, which we haven't talked about. I tried to fit it in the summary. Yeah. But couldn't fit the strap. Couldn't put the strap on in the summary. I Um, didn't realize until my second watch that uh, Hugo uses that first in the beginning of the episode. Cause I remember his daughter. Yeah. (laughs) Which is crazy. I think he says he has, they haven't spoken in months. So that's like the first thing. That he says to her in months, but because I thought Kendall just whipped that out, and I was like, "All right, killer, settle down there." But I, <laughs> but then I rewatched, and I was like, "Okay, well, at the very least, Hugo the planted back. the phrase in his in his head, so that's not yeah. as bad." I don't get why Hugo went to him in the first place. To be honest, I like why would he tell Kendall? I was confused by that. Second behavior. time around, I thought I'm just making the assumption that like he realizes that Kendall overheard some of the conversation. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. And Kendall has the money and the influence to try and make it go away if possible. And and it seems like by Hugo's like, thanks, Ken. He thought Kendall was like, because he said, all right, buddy. And it's like, okay, I guess he's handling it. How do you handle inside insider trading? I have no idea. But because Kendall was making deals all over the place in this episode. He really was. Yeah, he just got handed information about insider trading and was like, this is nothing, basically. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I wrote Hugo's Clown of the Week. I'm starting that for myself. Yeah, he is a Clown of the Week. For sure. <laughs> Besides Greg, who I hate now, oh I'm like, been really... It's it's hard. Greg is not fun to watch, especially in this episode. Like, the only... I would say the funniest part he was involved in is Tom saying like those things while yeah. the guy from Barry, I forget his name in the show, is talking and Tom's saying funny stuff and then Greg says the dick line and Tom's like, no. <laughs> Which is yeah, really it's... good delivery from Tom. But Greg is a flop. Those were disgusting brothers trading disgusting remarks about Logan. Yeah. And of course, Tom carrying the interaction because Tom's actually like the main character in all of their things. I feel good about the fact that I held off on giving Greg kudos in our season four hype episode. Although we all did say we were we were investing in Tom and Greg. Looking back, it feels so obvious that something was going to happen to Logan, and then the two of them would be you know up a up a, up a creek with no paddle, essentially, and yeah. you know rudderless, whatever you want to whatever you want to say. And watching it is hard. Greg just kind of sucks. Him just like slinking up to everyone. Like, the Marsha thing was so weird too. He's a shameless bottom feeder is what yeah. I wrote down. He's just, he's literally walking around trying to find who to latch onto next. And he, I think he thinks Marsha might be it, which is wild. Interesting. I mean, she needs someone on the ground, right? And I don't think Tom actually thinks Greg would betray him, which is delusional in the world they live in, especially with the logistics file on the computer. I wonder what, what will come of that. Yeah, and you had mentioned that you think that maybe Greg is getting a whiff of like, oh, Luke, or Tom's maybe not someone I want to hitch my wagon to nowadays. Where's he going? Where's his trajectory at this point, you know? 
I think Tom's best bet is Roman. I really do. I mean, it was a smart move to play that because Tom knew and Roman now seems like a good, good bet. I mean, of course, now Roman has the sexual harassment stuff. Kendall killed a man and Shiv's a woman, so she could never be on top. She could never be CEO because she has ovaries. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) They're all equal. All three of those things are equal offenses. Well, it's interesting because I read Roman's look after Tom tries to cuddle up to him as somewhat like a, of a level of consideration, maybe like just kind of potentially maybe playing out what it would look like. Cause they're obviously the camera lingering on Roman's face afterwards meant something that could be the wrong interpretation of it, but I could see it. I mean, I, I don't know if I, I mean, this is obviously we can talk about Tom and Shiv together here. Cause I think uh, their futures at some level are intertwined. Obviously they're married, but Shiv is pregnant and Tom is mm-hmm. looking for someone to latch on to. He tried obviously the hardest with Shiv because it's the easiest for him to to actually say things to Shiv. But Tom just, I mean, we will fucking see what happens because no one likes him. So, Kyle, I remember in our hype up pod, we were talking about Tom and his origins and how he would be in the same place as Shiv. We don't get much, but they say in the beginning of the relationship, or at least in the beginning meets, she was in France. He flew there and he was being, I mean, it was a weird story. It's not, it wasn't that charming. It was everyone's talking about how this is the first time they can see the connection between this role, him and this. And then what is it? Pride and prejudice or whatever. Just the way he like talks about the fine silk shirt and stuff. (laughs) I was like, this is weird dialogue to me. This was very left field for me, but yeah, we get a little background. It makes sense that Tom was like, kind of a wuss in the beginning that Shiv had to like, do you like keep this? him at arm's length like and then finally was like, like I like it all. Like he had to be the one being like, is this okay? Is this okay? And she probably loved that. Yeah, it, it was a very interesting conversation. Um, what do you think like split wise in terms of genuine versus like career move posturing for him? Yeah. It's hard. I'm a sucker. So I'm feeling at first I thought it was genuine. Second watch, I was like, okay, maybe it's not so genuine. I just can't tell with him. Yeah, like will he do or say anything? I mean, we were saying how delusional is he to say, Hey, my hat's in the ring <laughs> to everyone. Yeah. He's the newest he, everything Carl said about him was so true. He's an yeah, interloper. He's only here because of his marriage, let's be honest. And maybe he has some business acumen, but that's not how he got there as as all of them theoretically sort of did maybe 30 years ago. But yeah. and you think back to season one when he's like marrying Shiv and he thinks that she's putting his name in the ring and whatever gave him that impression. It's just he kind of lives on a different planet, I think. I think he loves Shiv. I'm a sucker. Yeah, and I, I think he really loves Shiv. And when he says the line, the line read of don't you'll regret it. Let me be kind to you or let me pay you some kindness or something like that. And she's like, that ain't for me, son. Uh, I believed him there. And and I think he's just being gentle and kind like a husband would. I think like it's more of an opportunity of him sliding in being like, I want to be the husband. Like, I don't think he wanted to break up. She's the one who was like, I think we're just done here. I think we're completely done. I don't know that he wanted to do that. So I think he's being genuine. I just Tom, I love yeah, him. I love I'm him. biased. So I was the first time watching. I'm like, oh my god, look at this guy, dude, being such a nice <laughs> dude. But then I, I agree. Like looking at it somewhat objectively, I don't understand the point of the story. I, you might have just connected the dots for me right there, Kathleen, when you were talking of like she says that people being kind to her isn't her thing, and then he gives an example of how like the relationship potentially started by him being overly kind to her. I guess is the connection there, but it felt very out of place. And she obviously is like, that was a long time ago and walks away. I also thought it was interesting that he alluded to her having been in like a bad place or something had happened when she was there or she was over there getting over it. And I feel like we've heard that before. And I just, I'm very curious as to what it is. There's a lot to dive into a shift. First of all, just, the kid wise, I'm shocked that it didn't put a little glimmer in Tom's eye when she said, like, he won't be able to tuck his grandkids in at night or whatever now. And to, I guess that could just mean like future grandkids. I feel like. <laughs> when does Shiv ever say that kind of thing? Yeah. And it's not 
Kendall's kids, you know, they're like grown up now. They're like fucking preteens and teenagers. Like they're not, he's not tucking them in or he's, and Tom very smartly says, Oh, he, he would never do that anyway. So whatever. Um, but I just feel for Shiv because especially this was really the best scene of the episode. I thought is when the three kids kick Connor out in his own house now. Um, and <laughs> Mikasa <they're>, su casa. <laughs> yeah. And they have the conversation and they make a dad promise on yesterday because yesterday was an intense day. I think it bonded them even closer. And Shiv, when sh they turn to Shiv after Rome and Kendall have their moment and Shiv goes, well, what about me in this like entitled little baby brat girl way? And I'm like, Shiv, you're so much better than this. But it sucks because number one, she's many weeks pregnant and she hasn't told a soul because one she's already underestimated she's already devalued just by being a woman now that she's going to be pregnant they're going to literally just like Push toss her, her aside yeah. and it's it's brutal i can understand why and i i was listening to a podcast this morning and uh with sarah snook and she was basically like I think she was hoping that the doctor said something was wrong. That would be easier to stomach than yeah. to know that the baby was okay because, you know, it would be easier to get rid of the baby. She's, you know what I mean? Yeah, and for sure. it's tough. I, it's a huge bombshell. And I can't believe they opened the episode with that because we were like, I was like, damn, how did I yeah. not guess that coming? And Sarah looks pregnant in real life. And you don't want to be like, I wonder if we'll bake that into the show, you know, just because, you know, like they do magicians and everyone, you know, they yeah. do that sometimes. Um, but I can't believe we didn't make that guess because they've been talking about kids for a while. Eating that maca root. I mean, it's obviously Tom's, right? But I guess this is one thing with the show's tough of like the timelines. About, I mean, is it the Caroline, their mom's wedding night? When, yeah, they, when when she basically tells him that like she isn't he isn't good enough for her like I'm gonna just gonna assume it was that night. Not that I guess it matters so much, but it's just interesting. I mean, it does matter, right? Well, we are under the impression that they've been kind of estranged for a minute now, so yeah, you do wonder timeline wise. And it's not like we get Shiv and She's Tom not, sex yeah. scenes for better or worse. Yeah, worse, and I don't I think, think I can. <laughs> I'm one to speculate on the uh, pregnancy. <laughs> and how it works and, <laughs> yeah. and things of the sort. So like they yeah. were together and I don't think it's going to be like a surprise. Someone else's. It's just not like the vibe they've put the show in. I feel especially when he was begging to be a dad before maybe going into jail. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Alex goes, uh, Shiv's not going to let him have any custody. And I was like, he should have full custody. He should have every ounce of custody. Fair. I mean, Shiv's just falling into the same patterns her parents did. Like, she doesn't want this kid. And now she's going to have a kid just like her mom and dad who didn't want her. It's like, you know, I, I don't know that. We don't know that to be sure with Shiv. Like, we that's just the harsh what we think because of, you know, previous things that Shiv has acted and said. But, you know, it, it's not not similar to what her parents did. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point. I feel like. Maybe that's something the show has been missing overall. Kendall's kids are a little older now. He clearly doesn't see them like ever. And there's somewhat of a, a point to that. And I feel like they explicitly tell you almost that, you know, his ex-wife, it's fairly purposeful that he doesn't yeah. have a ton of interaction with them. But I feel I like continuing. Yeah. Continuing that like cycle of trauma, I feel like is, is a really interesting place for the show to go. And we haven't really got it a ton with, Kendall and his kids, it's more of just like an assumption due to his absence. And I think it would be interesting to see how Shiv handles that. Yeah. I think before we move on from Shiv, what you said got me thinking just all these aspects of being a woman are stacked against her in this like very much boys club, which a lot of things are, especially in corporate politics and at the top, but largely in the Roy family. I'm sitting here like she's getting the brat edit and why is she so fucking whiny and like they're just really doing her dirty but I'm wondering if it, there's a point to it of like that's how people perceive any emotion from a woman anyways in these settings you know what I mean and maybe not maybe I'm overthinking it but I would normally side with the woman and be like everyone's being you know what I mean like overreacting to her having emotions but I mean she just gets so like aggro and just so yeah. like doesn't let things go and it makes me just cringe but i'm wondering if it's i don't know to highlight that a little bit more that disparity in that situation well when she says stop smiling after she falls i'm like that was the worst line of the series that was yeah. a cringe somehow in a series full of cringy 
awful moments, that was the cringiest one. Stop smiling like a little kid who ate shit and got up and was yeah. embarrassed. Right. It makes her feel, they always give her just these moments of, it's like immaturity leaping out or something. And I don't know. I guess in that family, you probably don't really learn what to do with your emotions in a healthy way anyways. Yeah. I think at some level it's instinctual because I feel like same thing with like looking at the piece of paper and she's the one who says, well, is it underlined or crossed out? And like fair to look at it fair. But that felt like almost like instinct of like right back to like we're all battling because she didn't really need to say that. Like the siblings had all been on, on a good kind of line. Kind of like, like Jesus says. Yeah. <laughs> right after that, because she was like, you know, everything's felt good when she's talking to Roman, like with the three of us. But that didn't feel good in there. Presumably just saying because Kendall's name was on the piece of paper. And I just I I just thought the underline crossed out was just like a little bit of a wild line. It almost felt like she just like blurted it out. Yeah, it was it was like choosing sides when right now it was very clear the side is do you want the family in charge and can yeah. we hang in there as the kids or is it the the old heads? And it felt like Shiv almost blew that and Kendall's just looking at her thinking well, sure as shit doesn't say fucking Shiv. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was barbaric with that one. The underline and cross out thing is actually really interesting. Um, one of the writers um on the pop was talking about how it was purposeful and they couldn't, they wanted to figure out how to kind of introduce that back in to be like, Oh, Kendall really was maybe on top or was he? And it, and they thought about, Oh, what if, you know, there's a name in the safe and then it's like, okay, well that's kind of like, all right, there's just a name in the safe. And then someone had in the writer's room had pitched like, what if there's an underline, but it kind of looks like it's crossed off. So it, so it causes a little drama. And I'm like, that actually really, it's as simple as one little line. And, I for sure think it's crossed out. Who the hell is underlining? So I'm like, Logan one day just like took it out and was like, yeah, I really yeah. liked my own thought. That was I love good my boy. stuff. <laughs> Emphasis. It just leaves so much room for gray area. We all know that that's a cross off, but it, Frank and everyone is, do they just know that nothing is what it seems, I think. And it made me laugh. Somebody posted on Twitter the blue, the blue or gold dress, you know, like one of those internet <laughs> trends that divides people, and they really and they good. posted the the picture of the, the piece of paper from Succession. That's that actually is- hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a perfect transition into Kendall. If we want to get maybe like more serious potentially about Kendall, we've talked about him a little bit, but I mean, vibe shift, complete and utter vibe shift. This is like, yeah, Kendall. This is the roller coaster of Kendall Roy. I mean. He is right back in the game. Part of why I, I almost chose him and Frank scene alone in the library as my favorite is I love how Frank even asks him. And he's like, hey, man, like you've been doing great. Like you got a lot of things cooking. Like, do you really want to get back in? Like, do you really want to do this? And I just felt like that was a rare moment on this in this show of someone being ge- like genuinely looking out for someone and maybe potentially putting like their personal life ahead of the business and advancing in some career level and i thought that was really nice because kendall i mean we've watched it when he gets into this mode and he gets potentially into this role which he will be because i guess the board voted him it's just what the hell is going to happen yeah i think it just highlights how he's an addict right it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol, this whole pursuit of succession is maybe the worst and most strong drug for him. It, yeah. There's a switch that flips. You see it, and he's like a totally different person. And you already see him kind of like questioning it when he's alone. Like, am I? Why am I doing this? Yeah. He's just, you know, it's almost like the the Darth Vader type vibe of him taking over. I love it personally. I love it. I mean, I at some level, he. I mean, he's a fictional character, so. It is what it is. I love the potential that this creates and this version of Kendall creates. I mean, I'm the one who bought the Kendall stock, right? So yeah. for me, this almost feels bad because when Kendall gets like this, nothing works out for him. Yeah, it'll get it'll get like taken from him at some point. But is there a world that Kendall screws up the Gojo deal? And it's like, uh, I'm yeah. CEO. I'm like, loving this. Why would I give it to Matson? I'm the finally the CEO. Let's fucking rock. I don't think the board will go for that, though, right? Like, that's the thing. He could try and say, I'll stay in charge, but there's what, 20 other people or something who are going to vote. I think, though, on the karaoke episode, you saw his, 
him light up that that evil kendall started to creep in or the klr as everyone's calling him online uh, <laughs> when good. mattson kind of came at him and i think when that challenge comes he gets yeah he rises to the occasion so to speak so who knows and stewie does ask him stewie does say i mean before i guess stewie kind of guarantees that he'll vote for him and have his back of he asked his opinion on the deal and kendall says i mean the deal's a good deal it has to go through which is somewhat interesting because the last time that he was talking about it is like you said when Matson challenges him he gets the numbers from stewie and he agrees that it's a bad deal so i i could easily see him just flip-flopping immediately almost and being like now nah, we can't do this i'm excited to have alexander skarsgård back I think yeah. he's going to be a little a little firecracker. Also thinking, I mean, now that they've said that they're going to buy Pierce, do they maybe have to then do the sale to have the money to buy Pierce? I actually think you're right. Because then he was like, they kept saying all episode, like, we've got stuff in motion. And they, they when they were insuring Shiv, like you're in, you're in the loop. We promise. I believe them. Like that was a, the, yeah. I was really believing them, especially Roman being like fully because I think Roman and Shiv I, have I more them. of, yeah, the twin vibes of Which them. Wild. I know it feels realer than like anything with Kendall. It almost feels like with Kendall, you never know anything, but with Shiv and Roman went like when Rome was like, well, Shiv, it doesn't work like three is an orgy or something. Well, hippie orgy. <laughs> Shiv looks at him like, bro, you're my guy. What the fuck? Like as much as they just taunt each other all day, those two are so close and, you know, so close is. Uh, yeah, as close as they the can be. I'm just going to reiterate what Logan once said to Shiv, which is everything is always moving everywhere all the time. So I think you can mean something in a moment, but to me, if it's not on paper and signed, it doesn't mean it's lasting. And I'm not saying they're malicious. I'm just saying new things get thrown at you. We don't know what will happen. Yeah. I'm a skeptic. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, we'll see, obviously, how Kendall telling Hugo to push the bad stuff. I mean, that's the first test of this you know, new triad of yeah. how they're going to feel about it. I mean, Roman, at some level, I feel like it's an emotional thing for him to be like, hey, like we shouldn't bad talk dad. But I think there's also another side to it of that. At some level, it's maybe smart to get it out there that Logan's health was failing, potentially was making bad decisions. Because like they say, from the market perspective, it's better to have the new, like the, the idea of a changing of guard be in the most positive light as possible. And those rumors will probably do that, even though it's somewhat fucked up to speak ill of your own dad the day after he's died well that's kind of roman's thing right like he is still too scared to stand up to his dad even he's gone he's not gonna hear any of this stuff he's not gonna be mad at him he's gone and he still is like his dad's got him by the balls he really does kendall's reverting back to his old self his, his worst self his bad habits he's gonna do that shiv with the kid is like basically ignoring the fact that it's there at all and is not you know not getting ready not gearing up to have a child which is crazy i think these kids you know even in the wake of his death especially in the wake of his death like his dad the dad is still ever present you know it, it's never gonna go away years of therapy maybe but they are still in the thick of it yeah Post last serious question is do you think the fall is gonna have a big impact ship's well, fall this is like the baby yeah I don't know. I feel like in in cinema, when someone who's pregnant falls, they end up going like, ah, like as if the your stomach actually hurts. I mean, that's not science. I don't know anything about it. But I thought the same thing and was like, she seems like she got up pretty quick, but maybe not. Yeah, maybe just there for us to be like, ooh. That would be so weird to just introduce that bombshell and then write it out immediately. Yeah. I, I Maybe they make you think, uh-oh, like, what's going to happen this is a fragile thing which is fair but that would be yeah. weird if they wrote it out immediately i guess like to play it out further exploring the idea of shiv losing the like actually having to deal with the emotion of losing the child maybe creating some type of realization for her could be a potential storyline but i don't know if a they would do that and b if i would even like that i think it's more interesting for her to actually have the child and yeah. see how that impacts her 
100 percent. yes i want to see that baby yeah for sure i hope it's a little redhead baby yeah two quick things Marsha quickly selling that house for 63 such a baller she doesn't live there she doesn't give a fuck he says a number she's like perfect put it in my pocket you know connor's just happy there's no realtor fees whatever besides that i am dying to know how much she gets because at first during the first watch like i said i was very tired i think i was like maybe writing something down in my phone and i missed what they were talking about specifically and i thought she was just gonna take 63 as her inheritance from logan's death and i was like she was really quick to just take that number i feel like she yeah. could get way more 63 connor gets that once a week for his campaign from logan i'm like oh you know what i mean so that but colin getting a watch i was yeah. like i hope he gets money too but the watch is probably like that that's probably the only fucking sentimental thing logan did in his fucking will a watch probably his favorite watch probably an antique from 1492 you know what i mean yeah are we taking this as like the full will is being kind of we got all we're getting or I, I'm I think interested. we're gonna get a full because there's yeah. like he probably so many investments properties etc. Yeah, so I, I feel yeah. like this the piece of paper was like a small extension of right. like musings as Jerry said of like things to add to the will almost doodles as she yeah called them. which was great yeah so that makes I would sense. see it that way I think I saw right online that the watch is worth like three million dollars. <laughs> There you go. Just, I mean, I mean, yeah, he can buy himself Colin's, more pairs of jeans, I guess. He would never. Colin's going to wear it every day. It's going to be his prized possession. He's not selling that thing. That's true. No. I also liked, I read somewhere that people said like the, the fact that that was written in, like typed in, not scribbled on, like kind of shows that the relationship between him and Colin was there. It wasn't like how maybe to us it felt a little random in an episode, what, one or two when they have the conversation in the booth. Mm-hmm. Logan actually did, obviously. Uh, have a little bit of a spot for Colin, which is somewhat nice. Colin's loyal. I mean, he was there trying to kick Carrie out yeah. for Marsha. Like, he's still he's a rider. in with the uh, even, Carrie. <laughs> yeah. Makes you feel bad for Chuckles, you know? Well, first of all, one last thing. Willow looking at Marsha being like, yeah, game recognized game, girl. Yeah, like, amazing. As if Marsha was like, Marsha, do you think she was being genuine or she was sassing Willow? And then Willow sassed her back. Oh, probably sassing. Oh yeah, because I was. We were like, okay. There's okay. always some bite to what Marsha's saying. I don't think she yeah. respects any of those kids no. and and anyone really, but herself, to be honest, and barely Logan. But, yeah. Um, my parting think- thoughts is Caroline is a legend. I just want to say that I love yeah, her. She's great. Yeah. She is solid. She stays solid. She stays ready. She's always nothing got, like, bothers her. Or, or she's in hand. <laughs> yeah, dude. She is ready to go at all times. I is there a man dead her. in front of her, her boss, and she doesn't give a fuck? It's time for the statement. Press. Yeah, she's like, all right. Statement. <laughs> you want someone all business? That's just, she's so got funny. nothing else. She's business. But it's interesting that she doesn't want to be in the mix because she's clearly like top management. She's like yeah. Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. I think I like she that. understands. And that's, I mean, hopefully we get some more Jess because that's like, Jess is like the little immature, younger, what, unevolved version. Yeah, she's now a CEO executive assistant, so good for her. Yeah, because we haven't seen her and and I like Jess, so. She wasn't at the wedding. She was just on the, she's still trying to find that plane doctor. Yeah, she is. They never called her back. That is exactly what it is. Kendall fired her probably. (laughs) She's too scared to tell Kendall that she couldn't find a plane doctor. And he (laughs) She fled the country. (laughs) (laughs) I also, my little parting shot will be, I'm curious to see how much time passes until the next episode. Because they mentioned the the elections about a week away. And Connor, like, are we going to see Connor and them go to these states and have a little bit of a campaign? I'm only thinking about it from a Connor perspective, obviously. Or is the next episode? I didn't watch the preview, oh. so I guess I might sound stupid in saying this, but like, do you want us to answer? Hmm. Do I? Yes, I do, because I ahead. just would like to. Know. Uh, it looks like they're going to Sweden for that retreat. Matson's in it, and okay. I think all. I don't know if I saw looks Connor like the next day, in the basically. preview, and maybe they'll cut between both. Who's to say? But sounds like that is next. Then I imagine. Are we going to get a funeral for Logan? Are we going to get anything like yeah, that? True. I don't know. And then the election at some point. There's sure. also a bit of Roman looking to call Connor being like, 
they were wondering if you would it would this was in the this season on and it was like mm-hmm. they're wondering if you would drop out of the race and and then connor's like me and then they both start laughing and then it cuts to a new scene so there's definitely going to be a pre a roman connor scene pre-election because they you know they want the one percent the one percent if, if connor's not in it they're going to want to vo- have to vote for someone else or not vote at all but you know it no, that's how you get loyal us conheads are loyal. We're going to write him in. Us conheads. Write in. Yeah, we're totally going to write him in to still get in that 1%. I'm just, yeah, just that general idea of of what the timeline of the season looks like. Because pregnancy is a big thing that puts somewhat of a, an idea into our heads of, like, if we see the baby, obviously, there's going to be somewhat of a time jump. Elections within a week. We need a funeral, which is maybe a couple of days away. I don't know. So. Yeah. I thought Brian Cox said in that like companion podcast that, and I didn't know if he just meant the part of the season he was in, but something about every episode being a day. I was confused if that would be the full season. If it was, that's a very interesting approach and will leave us with many questions, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that feels like that's not enough time. I mean, they, they almost gave us a little bit of a time frame too of what the interim CEO period would be like. Mm-hmm. And I think it wasn't terribly long, right? Didn't they say like six months at most? Yeah, six to eight is what they said. Because yeah, I imagine it's so. the deal and then the whole merging and sorting things out. Yeah. So yeah, not long at all. All right. Anything else we would like to say before we end this episode? No, another good episode, though. It, it was uh, not as, like, obviously coming off of last week, I was so insane. Yeah. So this was a nice little relaxing episode. It feels like a lot of just, um, you know, zhuzhin, like I said. Lots of zhuzh. Yeah. I will say that I, again, reading something online, it's hard to follow up zhuzh, but I'll try. Um, <laughs> that it was an interesting comment of how obviously Logan's not in the show anymore, but he still was like the main character of the episode, which is just interesting to see how long. I mean, there's only however many episodes left, but how long that will continue or if we get somewhat of a subtle transition away from Logan and it's like really sibling focused, I guess we will see, but him not being there obviously let so many other characters shine. I mean, Carl got a lot of screen time and, and lines in this and he always packs a little bit of a punch in those, which is nice. Frank, like we said earlier, I thought had a fantastic episode. So it's just Marsha. I feel like got the most screen time she's had in a while. So yeah. just seeing all these other people being able to fill that void is just nice for the show going forward. All right. I'm good. All right. No more zhuzh. Um, so, that wraps up season four, episode four, honeymoon state. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll obviously be back next week with coverage of episode five, whatever they end up titling it. And I will be doing our executive summary. So obviously tune in for that. As always, um, we love you guys. We thank you for listening. If you have not yet and you would like to, just another reminder to subscribe. And again, check out the website, bingetowntv.com for everything Bingetown all in one place. Once again, as always, we are Bingetown TV. And thank you for listening. Fuck off. And fuck off. Adjourn. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.